there to wrap up what has been a surprisingly crazy week, obviously, with the addition of JHI. But not only that, and before we get into the X's nose, this game and everything, it just feels like this week was more of a circus than it has been around this team in the past. I don't know if it's because prior to the trade they were just rolling along at 7-1, and one, but it seems like every week we walk to the locker room and we're like, you know, there's, there's not a ton of storylines around this team. It's how good is Wentz, how good is, you know, this, that. With Ajayi, we finally have something interesting. And have you noticed, I mean, do you think there's been more media attention this week? Just yeah. something I think I picked up on. I don't know if you Yeah, I think what, what it comes down to, Elliot, is that this trade, number one, it kind of came out of nowhere. You and I talked about guys that they might be able to trade for. And mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson's name got floated last weekend. There was a lot of talk about potentially adding Frank Gore. And then Tuesday morning, they wind up trading a fourth-round pick for Jay Ajayi. Right. And he's just so interesting in and of himself, because from a scheme standpoint, he's a good, hard-nosed downhill runner. He catches the ball out of the backfield. His pass protection isn't quite what you would want it to be, but you think putting him around Deuce Staley, hopefully that becomes an upgrade for this team, especially after losing Jason Peters. But then you throw in all of this conversation out of Miami about him being a not-so-great teammate, a me-first player, being known as somebody who would sulk when he's not getting the kind of carries that he's used to getting. And you throw that into a big stew, and it, it, you, you swirl it all together, mm-hmm. and it makes for a really interesting week. And I think it's going to be a couple of storylines that we as reporters are going to be following for the rest of the well, year. Well, I think just even more like, yeah, though, I agree with all those storylines. But just as a reporter, as reporters it's here every day, it's just been interesting for me to see, like, A, the increased media attention. But B, like, you know, I was thinking about this with Jay Ajayi. He's coming to a new team, and he's trying to – you know, obviously integrate himself to the offense, but there's a human side of this, which is he's trying to make friends. He's trying to not be a distraction, you would think. And he's got, you know, uh, I remember when he was warming up the first day we were able to watch him practice, there was tons of video cameras and, and just photo cameras there more than more than there normally are. And I heard, heard a few players yell like, oh man, it's like a magazine cover shoot. And we get in the locker room and everyone's around LeGarrette Blunt as he's waiting because, you know, obviously we want to talk to him about Ajayi and the players are joking about that. So, I mean, we're not in the meeting rooms, obviously, but I do think this has been a distraction. Now, whether it's a distraction that's a serious one or just a funny one the players have kind of noticed, I mean, I would guess 80% of the questions the players answered this week had some relation to Jay Ajayi, and he's been a big story. I mean, even on uh, on Thursday when we were waiting in the locker room, some reporters just literally stood by his locker in, in hopes he would come. I mean, so I do think it's been a distraction this week. Um, I don't know if it's going to end up being a distraction. Look, if they lose here's, this game, I'm not going to say. Sorry, here's the thing, though. You, you look at them, they're 7-1, and one, and they're mm-hmm. the team to beat in the NFC East. They're the team to beat in the NFC. You think back to Chip Kelly's first year when they won the division. As right. November and December build to a crescendo, and especially this year because you have two games against the Cowboys coming up. You have a, a road trip to Seattle coming up. Right. You, you have the Oakland Raiders coming in here in what looks like it's going to be a monster game between two playoff contenders, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, the media attention is just going to build and build and build from here. This isn't a 7-9 and nine football team. This isn't a football well, team that packs it in before the season's over. The, you're going to see ESPN roll in here every week, NFL Network. You're going to see the pregame shows send you know, people to do one-on-one interviews. So while this might be the first of its kind this season... I don't think that the media attention locally and nationally is going to diminish as long as they continue to win and as long as Ajayi develops into some sort of control. But I guess I guess my point is I think this team and we've talked about it, and other reporters talk about it. They there's not like I'm not saying they don't have good personalities. I mean, they have really good guys on this team. Malcolm Jenkins, Brandon Graham, uh, Vinnie Curry. I mean, guys and obviously Carson Wentz, but they 
they don't really have like explosive personalities on this team. They don't have guys where, you know, like I remember when DeMarco Murray was here and every week he would talk one day a week and no one knew when it was going to be. And every week reporters waited and was like, okay, is he going to talk now? If he does, these are the things we have to ask him. I felt like prior to the trade for Jay Ajayi, there was not that player on this roster. And I think that's one thing I've noticed this week is, you know, for a team that's seven and one and was in the spotlight to a, to a certain degree, and you're right when you know when they make the playoffs and when they do those things, there is going to be more media attention. But it felt like this week there was a ton, and obviously because he's new. But I'll be interested going forward if he continues to be like a huge focal point because that's something this team didn't have before. And for all the talks about you know Ajayi off the field, I think that's part of it is the media attention. But one thing I do want to do before we get too much into this, and that kind of went off in a bit of a tangent. Um, today is Fan Friday, which means we are going to read reviews. And I got to start by saying, when we recorded this on Tuesday, um, Joe said that, you know, Joe asked me what I wanted to get to. And I've always said 200 reviews by Dallas. Well, here we are Friday morning and we're at 204 reviews. So thank you to everyone that's done it. We really, really appreciate it. I'll have to think of a, uh, a new goal to get there. But as we do every Friday, we want to read a review. So I'll let you go first. And then we have another thing to talk about Alpha the review I'll read. Yep. Before we even get to reading a review, I, I don't know if we talked about this earlier in the in the week or not when we were on with Joe, but pretty momentous week for us, Elliot. Yeah. We cracked the top 25 of professional oh, yeah. sports podcasts yep. on iTunes. And you look at us, we're alongside some of the top podcasts in America. And that's not because of us. That's because of you guys listening. That's because of the reviews. That's because you've really latched onto this show. And we appreciate everybody who listens. We appreciate everybody who subscribes. And we appreciate everybody who leaves comments and reviews. And my favorite this week, Elliot, so far, it came from uh, Matt McD96. Great Birds podcast is the headline. Five stars. I love the pod. Elliot and Matt provide great conversation. Love the pod. Elliot and Matt provide great contrasting viewpoints and very interesting insights. One of the best Eagles podcasts out there. So thank you, Matt. We appreciate it. And that's what we aim to do on this show. So I'm going to read one that's actually four stars, which is fair. I mean, we know we love those five-star reviews, but four is fair. It's called Fan Talk Show. It's by Gorky Park. And he says, this is a great show to stay up to date with the most recent Eagles developments. I would give it five-star rating if the authors were able to have one of the Eagles players occasionally on the show and if it was more journalistic and less opinionated. Why is the one guy always saying, I believe this is what I want to say? Just say it. Terrible to hear that 20 times in 30 minutes. He's clearly talking about me. I don't have the... uh, beautiful radio trained voice that uh, my compadre (laughs) over here does. So I will try to work on that. But the part that I did want to talk about in there is, and I think I just said it again, guests. So next week's going to be the bye week, which means we're not going to be in here, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like we normally are. Um, So here's what I want to do. Go in our comment section. We're going to have guests on next week. We want to each have one guest on, but we want to have on a guest that you guys want to hear. Um, we have some ideas, but not just players. I mean, give us guys that, you know, maybe analysts you want to have on, former players, coaches. Go in the comment section on our podcast. Leave a list of guys you want to hear. And as you know, we read every comment, so we'll see that. And if, you know, if it's somebody we can get, we'll do it. I want to have guys on that you guys want to hear. I don't want to just try to guess who, who you guys want to hear from. So go in the comment section 
and leave who you want to hear from, and we'll try to get them next week. So try if you're going to do it, if you're listening and you're saying you're going to leave a comment, try to do it this weekend or Monday, and then hopefully we can get these up by Thursday or Friday. And that's what's great about all these reviews and all of these new subscribers is that we can approach some top-tier mm-hmm. guests and say, hey, listen, we have X amount of subscribers. We have X amount of reviews. We rank number 24 among pro sports podcasts on iTunes. It's an extra selling point. It helps grow the show, and mm-hmm. we can't thank everybody enough for listening, subscribing, and throwing those comments out there. Yep, agreed. So, all right, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about a little bit more about JHI, but then also this Denver Broncos game. Because as I was saying at the beginning, it is crazy how all the focus this week's on Ajayi. And and look, that is what it is. I mean, the Broncos aren't a particularly interesting opponent. It's not like they're playing the Cowboys. And when you trade for a guy of JHI's stature and his skill set, that's what we're going to talk about. So Doug talked today, Friday, and he would not say whether or not Jay Ajayi will play. Very noncommittal. And Very he talked about how they're still in- installing red zone packages. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in a Friday and Saturday practice. My thing on that, Elliot, is, number one, it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't play. And I know we talked about off the air, mm-hmm. Kelvin Benjamin got traded on Tuesday and the Bills played Thursday night. So it's really a little different. One practice. Yeah. So it's a little different. But I don't see why you can't make a Jay Ajayi active put together a package of 10 or 15 plays. The Broncos don't know that he's only in on 10 or 15 plays, mm-hmm. but give him a, a small selection of plays that you're going to use him on and throw him out there. Get him into the rotation. Get him the opportunity to step onto the field at Lincoln Financial Field to, to, to get involved in a game with Carson Wentz. And I know that they have the bye week leading up to Dallas, and that might be ideal to get him fully you know, thrown into the fire, so to speak, with a full playbook. But I feel like you traded a fourth-round pick for him. You're trying to make this case that it's still a running back by committee and Garrett Blunt's still the lead dog, but Ajayi has a role. Why not ease him into things? Ease yeah. him into the mix rather than going into Dallas and not having the, these guys having well, even been on the field together. To play devil's advocate, and I do think they should dress and play Ajayi, just to be clear. But to play devil's advocate, if you're Doug, you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, well – I already have a coaching staff that's worked a week ahead on the Broncos as they do for every game. We have an idea of a game plan. We were planning with, you know, uh, Blunt, Clement, and Smallwood. Obviously, Barner is active, but he doesn't see the field that much on offense. So that would be my argument. I mean, he is coming here. He got here on Tuesday. Um, so, he, you know, he'll, he was a full practice Wednesday, Thursday. Presumably, he'll be a full practice today. But he really only had three days here. Um, now, I think they should make him active. Even if you said, like, like you said, even if it's two or three plays, just to get him out there, you know, kind of get him acclimated playing with this team. But if you're not, if you're, if you're going to have him dressed, I'm guessing you put Smallwood down. And that would be a potential argument I would make against dressing him if I'm Doug is – you know, you've preached all week about how nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change j- just because Jay Ajayi is here. Well, let's see it. I mean, I think it's acceptable to say, you know, he came here this week. He wasn't comfortable. He'll have the full bye week plus an additional week yep. to get ready for Dallas. Um, I think if he does make Ajayi inactive, fans will not be happy about it. And I think an interesting dynamic of it is, you know, Howie Roseman went and acquired this this guy. I think we can both agree that when it comes to personnel moves, Howie kind of runs the show there. I don't think Doug has much say or any say at all in what happens with the 53-man roster. Um, I wonder how Howie would feel if or if, or if even he would allow Doug to make the decision to, to – uh, not dress Jay Ajayi. I think you can make an argument, number one, in favor of that, given that he's only been here for a short time, and I get it. But mm-hmm. you could also theoretically make Kenyon Barner inactive. Because well, you but he's move, your kick and your punt returner. You could put Wendell Smallwood in that role, could you not? Yeah, I just I, I think of all the running backs. I mean, obviously Blunt's going to be active, and I think Corey Clement's going to be active, but I think Kenyon Barner's definitely going to be active, just because 
he's your guy. I mean, Wendell Smallwood is inconsistent. Right. I, I would just be surprised. Well, I, I agree. And in a perfect world where everybody's healthy and they've mm-hmm. been here for a complete stretch and it's not a short week of preparation for Ajayi, I'm with you. I, I am fairly confident that the inactive running back is going to be Wendell, Wendell Smallwood. Smallwood. But you, you said it yourself. You look at Kenyon Barner, his role is most limited in the backfield because he's only primarily on special teams. If you can get Smallwood to play that role – you can justify having him up and leaving him there as an option. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. I think that once Ajayi is fully ingratiated into this locker room, into the scheme, and into the team, that Smallwood will be the one who doesn't dress on game day. Right. But I think going into Sunday, getting Ajayi those snaps, I think it's it's important. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a home game. You don't have the, you know, I know these guys are professional, but, you know, it doesn't make that difference between being at home or on the road. But throwing them into the fire against Dallas on the road in primetime in a divisional game that might carry all kinds of weight from a playoff perspective, I think you'd prefer to ease him into the lineup this week at home rather than throwing him to the fire in two weeks. Yeah, that's fair, especially in a primetime spot against Dallas. So I think we both agree he'll be active. Um, let's say he carries the ball seven, eight times. Um, I think it's going to be tough. Every week I ask uh, for bold predictions for the game. And obviously Ajayi, before it was always Alshon Jeffrey's going to have a big game. This week it was Ajayi's going to have a big game. You know, when you look at the Broncos, I mean, their defense is very good. They have the number one rushing defense in the NFL. Even if Ajayi has been here all season, or even last year coming into this game, it was going to be tough for him to have a big game. Yep. Um, I think you'll probably see him touch the ball seven, eight, nine times, something like that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does with it. But I don't think, you know, if when we're doing the post-game pod um, – and Ajayi only has, you know, 35 yards on eight carries or, or whatever he ends up with. I don't think this game is not going to be it's not going to be like panic time off of this game. I think, you know, what he does this game is just basically gonna be icing on the cake. I don't think uh, he, he can play poorly on Sunday. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, you gave up a fourth round pick and this is what he did. He deserves a few, some time to get ready. And especially against the Broncos, I think it's going to be really tough yep. for him to make a, a, a good first impression. And they've talked all week about him spending extra time. And Doug mentioned it on Friday, spending extra time with Deuce Staley one-on-one, going over the playbook, going over blocking schemes and all of those things. You touched on it at the start of the pod, Elliot, that this is a whole new experience for Jay Ajayi. He has to uproot his family, uproot himself, uproot his home, go from Miami to Philadelphia in the middle of the week, practice for two or three days, learn an offense, and then go out and play on Sunday. So I don't think you can make any real judgment unless he has a fumble in the fourth quarter that costs them the game because the Broncos recover it and return it for a touchdown or it leads to points or anything like that. Outside of some disaster scenario in the fourth quarter, I don't think you can really make any judgments on Ajayi week one. Agreed. All right, so I think we've talked about Ajayi enough this week uh, with on every pod and now half of this one. Let's talk about some other matchups yep. in this game. To me, the big news this week outside of Ajayi is the fact that Zach, er- Zach Ertz came up on the injury report with an injured hamstring. Um, he didn't want to talk to the media on Thursday. We'll see if that changes later today. He seemed in, not only that, he seemed in a bad mood on Thursday. I mean, he's always very nice with the media. He's always down to talk. He did not seem in a mood at all to talk on uh on Thursday about his injured hamstring. Doug says he'll play. Uh, no disrespect to Doug, but that really doesn't mean much sure. to me because Doug's been wrong about that before. And also with an injury like a hamstring, who, know, who knows how Ertz is going to wake up and feel. I think it's going to be important for Ertz to play. Um, he's having a Pro Bowl caliber year. I think playing 16 games would, would mean a lot to him. So I do think he's going to want to play. Um, but 
even if he doesn't play, obviously that's a huge loss on a number of ways. One, because the Broncos have really good outside cornerbacks, and I think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Eagles receivers, which is going to make it all that more important to have Ertz there. I mean, Ertz is this team's best offensive weapon outside of Wentz, and obviously we know how much he's leaned on him this year. Leading receiver, leading in targets, number one tight end in the league in all pass-catching categories. The offense funnels through him, no doubt about it. So if he's not there, that's obviously a huge blow. Even if he is there, though, I think it's safe to say he's not going to be 100%. Um, how concerned are you about, one, the Eagles' ability to move the, the ball in general against this Broncos defense? I mean, obviously, you know, we all know their reputation, but the stats back it up. Uh, they're first in the league in defense and yards allowed, six in passing yards. They're actually second against the rush. But they are 13th in points, which I think is kind of interesting, giving up 21 points a game. Yep, they've given up 20 points or more five times so far this season, which is a little bit surprising when you look at right. the talent they have in their front four. You have Von Miller on one side. You have Pecco in the middle. The secondary is loaded with talent. Aqib Tlaib against Alshon Jeffrey was one of my five key matchups to watch going into this game. You can read it on NJ.com. But I think that as much as Ertz not being 100% healthy, assuming he plays, if he goes on Sunday – I think you're still going to be able to work him into the offense. I think you're going to have to attack this team with quick throws over the middle to guys like Aguilar, guys like Ertz. You're going to have to find a way to run the ball, utilize the running game for some play-action pass, because much like San Francisco, you're going to have to mitigate that pass rush. And I think that my biggest concern is what happens with Von Miller against Halapuliviti Vitae. And Miller, everybody talks about him maybe lining up against Lane Johnson, and that might be the case. But you watch the Broncos on tape. They move him around. He goes side to side, and they like to match up Miller against the weakest link of an opposing offensive line. That's still Vitae, and I think that that's going to have to change the way the Eagles do things. You're going to have to leave Selick out there to help out blocking. You're going to have to leave a running back out there. And the one thing about San Francisco, and we talked about it, and I took a lot of heat on Twitter for it, the Eagles' talent, especially on offense, rose above the 49ers late in the game. Mm -hmm. But you look at the numbers in the first half. The Eagles only scored 10 offensive points. Carson Wentz was held overall to his second lowest passer rating of the year, his lowest since week two against Kansas City. And they didn't exactly move the ball effectively in the first half. Wentz was sacked three times, hit seven times throughout the course of the game. I don't know that the talent is so much different between the Eagles and the Broncos. Certainly on offense, the Eagles are the far better offensive team. There's no discounting that. But I don't know if you can count on them to rise above if the Broncos are as effective rushing the passer as well, the Niners were. Right, so the thing I disagreed that you put on Twitter was when you said that the Niners gave them the blueprint. I know your point was, was that the Niners just didn't have the talent, really, to execute like other teams will. The difference, I think, this week with the Broncos is Von Miller is good enough, in my opinion, to single-handedly turn this game into Broncos' favor. If he can get after Wentz, I mean, he's got seven sacks in seven games. As you mentioned, he's going to be matched up against Johnson, but maybe Vitae, depending on what they, uh, depending on what they decide to do. I think if they can't figure out a way to block Von Miller, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. But Von Miller is a serious, serious issue for this team. And for a team that's having questions on the offensive line right now with Vitae and all that stuff, it's a really, really bad matchup for them. Um, I think the offensive line has been playing well overall. But the fact that now you're going to have Miller is a very big problem. So I think that's one thing where... You know, if you told me what Miller's stats were or you know how many sacks, how many hurries, that type of thing, if you told me now what they were, I could tell you whether the Eagles win the game or not. Because if they shut him down, this Eagles team should have absolutely no problem uh, with the Broncos. I mean, the one thing, I, the one issue is, to move on past Miller, 
The one way I see the Eagles losing this game is if they turn the ball over. Yep. Um, the Broncos have only the Broncos defense have only taken the ball away six times this year, which isn't great. Uh, but the Broncos offense has given it away 17 times. So if the Eagles offense is just conservative, you know, they, they drive down the field, you know, don't go for a fourth too many, Don't go for it on fourth down too many times. Kick the field goal when it's there. I think they win the game where this could get ugly is if Wentz is pressured, he tries to play hero ball and he starts throwing it up because that, that is going to be a problem. The Broncos you offense is only against the 49ers. You said it after the game that that was his worst decision of the season and his mm-hmm. ugliest throw. Agreed. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is the, the Denver offense isn't good enough to drive up and down the field against Zeke. I, I mean, look, the Denver defense is very good and it might be one of the best in the league. The Eagles, the Eagles defense is very good too. I mean, they, you know, the Broncos are averaging nine points per game over their last three games. Um, I don't see any reason that, that they'll be do any better against the Eagles. I mean, the Bron- the Eagles have taken the ball away 14 times this season, and the Broncos have given it away 17 times. So and Brock I- Osweiler starting, that's going right. to help you. Benching Trevor Simeon, that's probably going to help you. Do you, you subscribe to, like, Osweiler being a wild card, or do you think this is it's better for the Eagles that Osweiler is starting than Simeon? I think he is a little bit of a wild card only because backup quarterbacks in their first start tend to outperform what they do the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I think that it not necessarily is going to hurt the Eagles, but this wide receiving core, let's not sleep on it. Demarius Thomas, right. Emmanuel Sanders, there's a lot of speed there. And I think that it's very comparable to what the Eagles saw back against the uh, Chargers. Chargers when you had Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Wilson. Williams, two real speedsters on the outside. Then you throw in C.J. Anderson in the backfield. So my point about San Francisco that everybody kind of blew out of whack, they didn't have an elite offense that could even move the ball. And, And if the Broncos defense is able to force a couple turnovers, if they're able to render the Eagles offense ineffective and they hold the Eagles underneath 20 offensive points, the difference here is the Broncos can move the football. They right. have an NFL quarterback, whereas C.J. Bethard. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, they're better than C.J. Bethard. You might I as agree. well be you, C.J. Right. Bethard, yeah. out there. They have some real wide receivers. And my point is the 49ers weren't able to move the ball. They weren't able to score points. Whereas if an offense can play ball control off of what the Niners defense did, mm-hmm. that could be trouble for the Eagles. And that's where I think this is a really interesting test because the Broncos have a talented defense that's opportunistic and forces some turnovers. But their offense, while better than San Francisco, isn't anywhere near elite. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Eagles win the game, but I think the Broncos' defense is good enough to muck it up, force some turnovers, and I think their offense is good enough to not let the Eagles run away with it. And I think this is a game where you're really going to see if Wentz has truly, for sure, taken that big leap forward. I mean, clearly, I think he has based off his stats. But last year, this would have been a tough game for the Eagles and Wentz because Wentz was still being pretty erratic with the ball last year. And I didn't think he was making great decisions at times. This year, he's got five interceptions and you know probably close to 200 passes. I don't have it off the top of my head. But I think if he can make great decisions this week, then they're going to win the game pretty easily. And one stat to me that really speaks to the fact that the Eagles have a really good chance to win this game is the Eagles have scored 20 or more points in 12 straight games, the longest active streak in the NFL. Yep. The Broncos have not scored over 20 points in five of their seven games this year. So chances are the Eagles are going to get, are going to get at least 20 points and the Broncos are averaging giving up 21 points. So I, I think it's as simple as this. I think the Eagles are going to score over 20 points. Yes, I do. Do I think the Broncos are? I don't. So I think the Eagles are going to win. The question is, do you think they cover? And I, what was the line? When, uh, when seven and a half. Seven and a half. 
Where are you at on that right now? Uh, are we making our official predictions? Let's or, do it, or, yeah. Or the prediction with the asterisk? <laughs> well, my official prediction, obviously, is depending when I want to make it yes. before kickoff. But I, I, I am going to pick the Eagles. I'll go first. Um, I think they cover. I mean, time and time again, yep. we, we've looked at opponents and we've said, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're going to present this problem. This could be a little closer than we think. And they just smoke everyone every week. I mean, you know, they blew out the Cardinals. They blew out the Niners. They blew out the Redskins. So I think this Eagles team has shown that when they play – competition that's lower than them they know how to just simply get you know to get to get the job done last week they came out a little slow picked it up um they haven't had they haven't been starting quick recently i think that's something they might actually do on sunday um i don't think they're going to look ahead to the bye week i don't think they're going to look ahead to dallas i will say i don't like the fact they're wearing their black jerseys for an afternoon game i feel like that's <laughs> that's just bad juju i don't know if i, I don't know if that's a good they call blew out minnesota in them last year yeah that that's a good point all right maybe i changed my mind but I still am going to pick the Eagles. I'm going to pick them to cover. I think it's going to be like 20, 24, like maybe 24 to 9, 24 to 12. Or, I, I don't think okay. the Broncos' offense is going to have a good day, and I think the Eagles' offense will. So I think the Eagles cover, and I think they win by 10 or more points. I think this Denver Broncos' defense is going to test the Eagles in a lot of ways, and I think that it's a, a, a good experience for this offensive line and its second time together. The one thing that – the Broncos, excuse me, the Niners did really well last week as they used a lot of defensive line stunts. They brought mm-hmm. pa- blitz packages from up the middle, delayed rushes with the safety, off the edges. They did a lot of different things, and it confused the Eagles' offensive line. It was only their first time with Vitae starting at left tackle. I think it's going to be much of the same on Sunday, and I don't think that it's going to be a constant three and out, three and out, three and out turnover parade for the Broncos' offense. I think the Eagles win. Mm-hmm. I don't think they cover. I think that the Eagles' offense is going to struggle down in the red zone against this defense. They might struggle moving the ball. It's going to be ugly. Um, who knows what the weather's going to be like? There might be some rain in the forecast again. I like the Eagles to win 19 to 13. All right. So you think the Eagles don't crack 20 points? Correct. All right. So. Both picking the Eagles. You think it's going to be a little closer. I think they win pretty easily. Um, but either way, we're look. It looks like we both think we're going to be looking at a team that's nine and one, or sorry, eight and, eight one. and one heading into the bye. So I can't believe. I mean, you know, to take a step back to where we're at, I still can't believe yep. this team is even seven and one, let yep. alone with the chance to get to eight and one. And one more thing before we get out of here, this is the game before the bye week, and I know they're completely different teams, and the quarterback is in a different place. One was a home game, one was mm-hmm. a road game. They didn't play particularly well, or they weren't particularly sharp last year against the Lions going into the bye week. Again, completely different right. situation, much earlier in the year. And two, one game is way too early to establish any sort of trend. I just don't think the Eagles are going to be quite as sharp this week as they were, say, two weeks ago against uh, yeah. the Redskins. I mean, it could happen. Look, I said at the beginning of the show, I thought this Ajayi thing has been a little bit, or Ajayi thing has been a little bit of a distraction. So we'll see how they handle it. Um, all right, we're going to wrap this one up. But as we said at the beginning of the podcast, please hop in the comment section and tell us some people you want to hear for next week. Um, you know, if only one or two people do it, you're probably going to get your wish. So go ahead, go in the podcast, um, go in the podcast app, subscribe, give us those five stars, and leave a comment on who you want to hear, and we'll get to them next week. As normally, we'll ha- as always, we'll have a podcast for you after the game on Sunday, and then with the bye week next week, we're still, I believe, we're still going to have one on Tuesday with Joe with uh, the reaction pod, and then from there we'll see where things go. Hopefully, we'll have some guests for you guys. Um, so once again, thanks for getting us to 200 uh, reviews. Thanks to everyone that's been uh, interacting with us. And Matt, I will talk to you on Sunday.